Welcome to the Varangian Heresy Podcast. This is episode 24. My name is Jody. I'll be your host this evening. And with me as always are my two wonderful co-hosts. There is Christopher. Say hey, Chris. Hey, Jody. How you doing, buddy? How are you doing? I'm Okay, we're going to have a bounce back, are we? I'm doing good. I have just seen, uh, just finished seeing Rogue One, so I'm a very happy man. And no spoilers, no nothing. This isn't the certain uh, heresy of the northern variety that spoils the shit out of things before people have had a chance to enjoy them so I'm not going to say a thing about that um, so how are you doing? Well I'm quite okay I'm sitting here in my new hobby room Ooh. which is really really awesome because it sure beats a part of a desk in my whole apartment Is this one of those hobby desk spaces where you can put both arms out, spin around in your chair and go wee and there's lots of space uh, Actually I can fit a table in between the two desks I got in the room Okay, so, game, game time at Chris's place, everybody. That's yeah. what it is. Let's roll on down. We'll publish the uh, address update uh, for Chris's new place after this episode. So have no fear. We'll be doing games over there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you never know if I'm going to do it or not. And uh, also with us, as always, is the Crown Prince himself, the Duke of Spook, the uh, Jack of Shack. It's Mr. Freddy. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I can't complain. Sitting in my laundry. <laughs> Chris is, Chris well, is upgraded, and you're 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 still in your laundry. One day, my friend. One day. One day. Will, well, one day. At least there's unlimited supply of alcohol and the uh, softener. Yeah. <laughs> if all goes to shit, just start drinking the fabric softener, and it will kick in after a while. Um, so it could be a good evening, no matter what happens. Okay, so let's get our social medias out of the way, because that's important. First of all, if you're listening to us, you probably know us already, but if not and you're new to the podcast, please come along to Facebook and find uh, facebook.com forward slash the Varangian Heresy Podcast, and come and give us a like, where you can see what we're doing as we're going along. Also, we've got our Facebook group, which is the Varangian Heresy Podcast group, epically named there. Um, and we and our listeners and just general heresy enthusiasts post along in there some of the stuff that we're doing from time to time so get on there, throw some stuff up show us your whips and uh, all your completed stuff and just have some good fun we are on Twitter we are Varangian Heresy at Varangian Heresy on Twitter we have our email which if you have and I'm going to try and get some of these event shout outs list uh, you list submissions you want us to go over for you uh, if you've got ideas for content for the show please hit us up if you want to send general hate mail please obviously make it attached to uh, and out to Christopher if you want to send lewd pictures make them out to Freddy um, and if you want to send money and bank account information please send that to me I could do with all the best I can get um, so hit us up at the Varangian Heresy at gmail.com. Now, sore subject, the Varangian Heresy podcast.blogspot.com? It still exists. Yay! Okay, we'll go with it. It still exists. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I really, really need to update it, and uh, now that the holidays are here, I might actually do it because it sure beats celebrating Christmas. Oh, you, can, you can blog something. Yeah, yeah, you could write a blog like, yeah, I'm uh, Bar Humbug. 
I don't know, something like that. Yeah, uh, so, so I could basically link it to my regular blog then. Yeah, why not? Right. Just save yourself the trouble of cross-posting. Just link it and go here, bar humbug, click here. Uh-huh. And then I, post it, I automatically post it to Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Facebook. Ah, why not? Make sure it's all done. Um, yep. And then we do, as you mentioned that, we actually have uh, our Instagram account. Now, the Instagram is Vrangin Heresy on Instagram. Find us, follow us, um, tag us and stuff, as long as it's um, relatively slight for work, I guess. And Oh, I don't care. No, I don't care really either, but you know, you've got to say that for reasons because then Chris tells us we must not promote one certain point of view or something along those lines, and I'm I'm just trying to get ahead of that. I was going to say, like this, Instagram is pretty good to take down anything that it finds quite offensive, no matter what it is. Okay, so that sounds like a challenge, ladies and gentlemen. And usually, usually the stuff it's actually (laughs) taking down is the least offensive stuff, and it keeps the most offensive stuff up. Hmm. So. So use the use hashtag for Freddy. Hashtag at tag it at Virgin Heresy, and then just put for Freddy in the comments, and we'll see how long it lasts on Instagram. Um, reminding that on our last episode, the MKA episode, we did say that by this episode we were going to. Uh, be giving out a prize, which would be one of our Varangian Heresy dog tags from the uh, tagged events company down in uh, Australia, which has one of its special sparkly little rules on it. Um, but considering the sparkly. last uh, sparkly, yeah, considering one of the last uh, the, the last episode didn't go out that long ago, what I'm going to say is until our next episode, uh, so episode 25, you have until then to basically go on to Instagram, tag us in your best 30k. Duck face selfie. It's got, uh, it's got to have some relevance to 30k. There must be duck face, and you must tag us in the picture. Go nuts. Um, so, so, so what you're saying can basically just take the head of Russ or head of Fulgrim and photo- photograph it. Of what? Ooh, hang on. Ouch. Ooh. No, for, be fair. Fulgrim's not duck facing he's about ready no, to just, swallow whatever Ferris Manus is going to put in there he, he just wishes he was that's the thing <laughs> yeah there is that I'm not, he, he ain't, got, ain't got enough skill to duck face I'm not even taking a debate it's, it's the, so the, beneath me to be fair debate wasn't for you we'll see in the next episode of uh, Coming on the Fire to see what happens <laughs> free rent in Jake's headspace that's all I'm saying yeah and that's and that's why Vulcan can't have a Mastercrafted hammer no comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> the, the, the only one that can mastercraft a hammer is Fulgrim. Yep. Yeah. That's, no, that's true. That's it's yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on. So yes, your best 30k duck duck uh, duck face selfie. See now, I was just going to suggest that you find a random duck in the duck around the pond, spray it yellow, put a black fist on the front of it, and go from there. But Maybe that's oh, wrong. I don't know. Uh, yeah, don't do that. Ducks can be vicious. Ducks can be vicious, but right? Yes, okay. yes. Firebrand like uh, the of Horus on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Actually, speaking of that, um, if you are interested in getting your hands on some a little bit of Ranjin Heresy podcast swag, you can uh, or merch or you know general goodies, whatever you want to call it, you can drop us an email. Uh, to our email address with your address and we will arrange to send out some of our podcast stickers to you um, Mr. Freddy has all the contacts and is the, the man for all that sort of stuff so we Mr. Should make Sticky sure Man Mr. Sticky, uh, Sticky Man more than anything else yeah. but in this case don't it's don't Mr. Sticky <laughs> 
Why miss a I'm sticky, my friend? when you're in need. <laughs> <laughs> so stickers, stickers email. email. Yeah. Well done, Chris. Let's move us along from that conversation topic very quickly. <laughs> probably, probably for the best. Yeah, probably, but you never know. Um, so yeah, hit us up with an email, and we will send you out some podcast stickers, and you can stuff them onto your uh, gaming boxes, your miniature carrying cases, whatever it is, and wrap out the uh, French and Heresy podcast. And we would love you long time for that. So. That's a whole lot of social media and blah from me. Um, what's everybody been up to? Let's just generally talk the holiday feeling, what's going on, some good stuff. What's everybody up to? Chris, you mentioned you got a new hobby area. Yeah. How come? What you been I've, doing? I've spent the last couple of weeks uh, moving house, basically. Or, well, moving apartment to apartment, because houses are ridiculously expensive. Well, you do live in Stockholm, dude. I don't live in Stockholm, so... I live an hour outside of Stockholm, it's still expensive. Ah, oh, don't uh, say that. I'm moving that way. Yeah, but you're you're moving on the wrong side, so to speak. It's even more expensive on the side you're moving to. On the on the side of Melanin, I mean. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that fucking that side is expensive? Are you giving me the shit? It's like almost semi-free. Well, it's comp- compared to where you live, yes. Okay. Like, I wouldn't even get, like, I don't know, a tenth of an ownership in a house here for that price. Yeah, that's true, but that's because you live in a place where there's even more ridiculous prices. But anyway, I got a really nice hobby room now, where <laughs> I got uh, got space for a display cabinet, my entire painting desk, and a separate desk for podcasting, which is really nice. Which so is you, you've got all the desk space is basically what you're trying to say. Yeah. Also, there's space in the kitchen, li- living room, and the hobby room for gaming tables if I want to. Damn. Okay. Yeah. You uh, have, you uh, have you mean, definitely uh, upgraded. If you want well, to have a divorce, you mean? Yeah, I said if I want to. I didn't say that, that I could have them. Ah, uh, okay. So <laughs> nice to know you're being specific there, my friend. It's good. But it's a the, good thing. But on the other hand, if uh, there were to be like a mini heresy weekend booked here, it could <laughs> I mean, be... it's like if if there were to be a horrific <laughs> car accident involving your missus, then your living room would be open to you know, twenty four seven gaming. Well, I was more th- more thinking like arrange a heresy weekend because the building I live in also got uh, like a five bed room that that you can rent for for people for guests. So there's even places to stay over. Okay, right. Basically, what Chris is saying is we can, we're going to have a heresy event at his place at some point in the future. So you've heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Be ready. Yeah. Uh, all all yeah. I want to know is how much gaming and painting he's been doing. Enough talk about this hobby room. Considering I've spent the last few days sorting my hobby room, nothing. Oh. I've started oh. building a quad mortar, though. Oh, well, that oh. counts. That counts. Yeah. That counts. Semi counts. That, that be counts. No, Come on, give the guy a break. That counts, yeah. Freddy. There will be absolutely no piece of ordinary quad <coughs> mortar in it, but still. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, oh. being, being, you know all green, super green kind of guy. I always had like a portable traveling case for my paints when I moved, reposted. That's just showing off, really it is. To be fair, I did something similar. I just haven't uh, been able to bother. Because one of the first things I unpacked was the PS3 and PS4. And I found really good games on my PS4 that I haven't been able to play for a, a year and a half or two years. You got distracted, is what you're saying. 
and that uh, shouldn't surprise you. So, uh, Jody, what have you been doing this last week or so? <laughs> last week or so. Uh, well, there's been a Vario, and we will talk about that very, very soon. Um, there has been uh, a large degree of painting for a Vario to get that done. Um, in the space of a week, I managed to crush out a tabletop standard Thunderhawk for Freddy. Um, a Spartan, which I'm probably going to re, going to strip and repaint part of it, if nothing else. Uh, also managed to get five Las Cannon Havocs done and six Terminators done to ride in said uh, Spartan. So, yeah, I pretty much crushed a whole lot of stuff out in that time. Um, I was very happy with that. Um, I'm also extremely exhausted from doing all that painting in my spare time around my uh, my time with the kids, but that's cool. And, um, yeah, I am now currently planning my Lincoln list. Um, yeah. Schlinkon. Uh, Schlinkon. Uh, no, I'm planning my Lincoln list and uh, having a play around with some ideas to see what I can come up with. So, yeah, that's, that's all kind of the hobby-related goodness I've been up to. And uh, so, Mr. Freddy, what about you? <sighs> uh, well, I have glued together... 15 breaches, uh, one tech squad, uh, one command squad, uh, one tactical support squad, and a truckload of Sikarans, two predators. I have stripped and prepared two land raiders that I'm going to convert into iron hands. And also, I've, I've kind of halfway through my Bosch up for the Scorpius uh, extra dog tag scenario. Uh, Istvan 5, full green versus Ferris, you know, thingy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, which which is all to come in a future episode in a bit more detail, but you guys yeah. are going to love it. You okay. guys are really going to love it. Or else. <laughs> <laughs> or else. Or else Chris is going to break the grab vans out. Uh, the and grab vans out and make it all come out. Of, uh, hobby progression that's non 30k, but we don't have to talk about that. No, let's, let's not go there just yet. No, I, I did, that's also part of my hobby progress. I've been reading Geraldo's latest Master Class book. Mm, very nice. Yeah, I, have been, I have been reading the um, the Forge World uh, Master Class Volume 1 book as well. Oh, and uh, very tasty. I, besides that, Vari, I've done uh, a Sone Metallis uh, thingy at my place, and then also. Well, tomorrow I'm playing at 3,000 points, prepping for Tumbacon when uh, the Varangian Heresy and the Northern Heresy and Don't Lose Your Head are going to demo 30k for the greater good. Oh, <laughs> uh, a greater good. No, it, it's like an open gaming convention in Stockholm. So we're just yep. going to demo and trying to get more people into the Heresy. Never a bad thing. No. That's about it. Not so much, really. So with the, not so much. So we've actually had a pretty productive week or so, if you actually look at it as a group, which is kind of a good thing. And yes, I do include moving house and setting up a new hobby area in that because you know that's legit. That's hobbies time. Um, so it's all good. So yeah, and actually thinking about the, uh, the all the hobbying that we've been doing, and also this time of year. Um, I think it should be uh, about time that we talk about probably the most um, most hotly anticipated thing in the Swedish calendar 
uh, or 30k Swedish calendar outside of the Varangian Heresy gaming series that's going to tell us event series that's going to take place next year. And hell, this is even part of it. And that is the MKA Masterclass Boot Camp that is crunching its boots all the way to the shores of Sweden in the beginning of April next year. And we're going to have some awesome shit going down for that one. So I think there's a, there's some information update. Do you, go, do you guys mind if I jump on this for a second and sort of lead on this one? No worries. I'm so fucking sorry. Go ahead. I got my airbrush now. <laughs> Fred, he's very, very happy. Um, so Let's do this. Here's the deal. We are still trying to work out and trying to get some degree of funding support for the event. But uh, because time is short between um, now and when we have to confirm with MKA Studios we've secured all the places, we have put up the complete ticket price on the uh, simple sign-up event. So if you go on to the Facebook event for the boot camp, you will be uh, able to click on a link that takes you to where you buy your tickets. And there are some options on there. Now, the most important one is for anybody who has not already paid the deposit, you need to buy a full event ticket. And that full event ticket allows you entry to the MKA course, the five days. So four days of painting, one day of gaming with some uh, absolute legends of the hobby. And, of course, then Matt Kane, Andy Wall, and uh, Henry as well. Obviously, I'm talking about us there. Um, you get to you, that gets you the course an entry to the course there will be additional costs in equipment models and paints but we are going to do everything we can to help with that um, but right now the most important thing is that we get our entry numbers up from the nine or ten people we've got booked in right now up to the 40 mark now we have got three weeks to do that in the cutoff date for the guys to book their tickets to come on over is the 14th of January and we need to get those numbers in right away. So, simply put, it's a couple of days before Christmas, maybe even after Christmas by the time this this episode drops, I don't know. But if you've got some Christmas money left over, you've got a birthday coming up, or hell, you've just got access to a credit card. It doesn't have to be yours, but, you know, it's all good. Uh, get yourself a ticket now. Spread it to your local gaming clubs. If you want uh, information, if you want posters that you can print out and put in your local gaming club, Drop us an email. We will get that information out to you. But we need to get this done. And this isn't just for Sweden. This is open to any of the surrounding countries, be it Finland, Norway, uh, Denmark. We've got some guys interested in coming over from Denmark. Germany, France. If you're on the European continent and you're not in the UK and you want to come over for an absolutely amazing event, come and do that. Um, we can also announce that because we have, uh, we are starting to build a relationship with the Malmo Figurespell for learning, and of course I butchered that, but basically the Malmo uh, Model Hobbying Club, um, everybody will, when they take part in this course, uh, part of their entry fee will be to cover a membership to said um, group, at which point, uh, as we get close to the event, there will be an option for booking your hotel uh, as a group booking with everybody else involved in the course, and you will get a 30% discount as part of that on the overall hotel costs. But do not go ahead and start booking things left, right, and center. Wait for that information to become available once we've confirmed the course is going to happen. So that's one big better fringe benefit there. Freddie? What are we running next year? We're doing the uh, Varangian Heresy event series next year, am I right? Yeah, fuck it. And, and what did we say we were going to do for all these lovely people that show up to the MKA uh, course? They'll get free entry. Ooh, shiny. So that's going to be another three events in the Swedish calendar that you're going to get free entry to. And Which is at least a thousand kroners. Right yeah, 
easily a thousand kroners of uh, entry fees covered there for you and then again you'll get to take part in some absolutely awesome events you'll get to do narrative fun stuff a bit more maybe some more competitive stuff who knows and then we wrap it all up with the fantastic scandus or the let's go balls out crazy event we all love to have uh, and some night jousting. And some night jousting and some crazy shit. And, you know, who knows whatever else might happen during this time and that, but we'll throw something in, in in there as we go along. So, yes, please, go out, book your tickets. The event, if you want to know exactly where you can find the event, you can go on to uh, two places you can go. You can go onto the Varangian Heresy podcast page. You can go into the events section, and we will also link it as a pinned post uh, to make sure that it doesn't get lost. But you go into the events section and you will see listed there the MKA Bootcamp, a painting masterclass. Click on that link and then click on the link that says find tickets. That will take you to something called Simple Sign Up. Um, and that will take you to the event itself. You'll see the ticket options there. Now, the course deposit is fully booked. Those of you who have already paid your course deposit, you need to pay the outstanding amount, which is the fill-up ticket, and that will then get you booked in. And then everybody else, you simply purchase the course ticket, and as soon as those places are full, we can then run the event. Uh, the second option you have got is go to simplesignup.com and just search for MKA Bootcamp, and it will bring up the event that way as well. So I think I've pretty much hammered all the information out I can there. Chris or Freddie, can you think of anything I'm missing there? Yeah, like, don't be intimidated. No. Think about, like, how, how much fucking money you spend on the miniatures. Yep. It's definitely worth it to spend, like, a fraction of a Forge World prize on, like, a thousand-point army to increase your level of painting skills and hobby yep. skills. I mean, and just socialize with people that are like fucking key to the hobby so yep. yeah it, you, you can't put money on it like freaking hell you go to a week in turkey or greece or whatever getting your booze on that's about 50 percent of this cost and you're spending a week doing your hobby stuff so come yep. on man just do it and don't be get, scared you'll get I'll to be uh, you'll get to hang out with some very very cool people you get to hang out at a very cool location and get some good food as well which is always a bonus uh, okay. Anything from you there, Chris? I was just thinking that we could also compare it. The, the main ticket mm -hmm. is is actually cheaper than the new knight that's re recently released that re a lot of people want. Ooh, nice tie-in. It's uh, quite a lot cheaper, actually, to get an event ticket than a knight. So if you can afford the knight and really, really want to know how to paint it, take the course first, then buy the knight. Good man. I like your thinking. And you know how to paint it. Up there for thinking, down there for painting. That's what it's all about. Find a way of connecting the two. Indeed. Yeah. Speaking of... Should we go on to the news? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're getting all these segues together, even though I just shit all over it. We're getting them all together. I'm liking this. It's crazy. So, yeah. Do you want to take the news there, Chris? Yeah, there's two new nice stuff out from Fortwell. One is a Bloodthirster, so that's not currently that uh, in in 40k, but oh, 30k, it's more 40k, I mean, but it will be a lot more in 30k once uh, they manage to reach the next book, that's the one after Inferno. 
Which which one's that one? <laughs> <Do> we... <laughs> it's the one that deals with uh, the Blood Angels and Dark Angels. Uh yeah, the um, the oh shit, Sickness Prime. No. Yeah, yeah it, it Sig- might might be Sickness Prime. But I'm not sure what it's actually called. And it's probably a dual book with a, like Sickness Prime and fence sitting. Yeah. I think it will be called Angels of Death. Just to tie in with the old codex from Second Ed. Which I have in the on the shelf next to me because I can finally have a place for my books, which is nice. And then and then we'll see what it's actually going to be called. But it's it's supposed to be Blood Angels and Dark Angels. So killing demons, killing space wolves because they deserved it and were too close. And Sanguinis fell. No oh, spoiler, sorry. And then fence sitting for the dark, dark angels, and then there's a really, really nice really night. Fence. It would probably be heaps of night lord killing for the dark angels. Yeah, they they were also killed in huge numbers by the night lord, so that's not really a great feat. Sorry, killing what in great numbers? Dark angels and night lord were killing each other in night uh, in great numbers during the Thramas Crusade. Ah yes, sorry. No, I, for some reason I I got mixed up with uh, Pharos then for a second. And then uh, the and then uh, they they failed to kill Nighthaunter anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, well he probably uh, he... saw it coming. Yeah, he did. So it wasn't that word word word. Then again, he's a dead anyways. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We don't have to worry about all that. So. Okay, that's looking as, good. As long as you can quote, this is Machen, daughter of the Calidus, a found commander curse of the Night Lord's Legion. So, on to uh, Acastus Knight Porphyron, then. Oh, the big boy, or the new big boy on the block. It's, it's seriously big. If you've seen the comparison photo with the regular knight, the Serastus Knight, and then this one. This one is almost the size of a warhound. Well, there's actually a picture of it going around on some of the 30k groups of it up against a warhound, and they're exactly the I same see. size. It's oh, it's it's a, a bit. Well, there's parts of it are the same size, but it's not the same length of the chassis, the warhound chassis. No, it's definitely got the height. It's got the it's got yeah, the height, maybe not the girth. Yeah, it's like uh, a Serastus knight with a house on its back. Yeah. Okay, that works. Yeah. Then some really, really, really nice uh, cannons on it. You mean big shooty guns of death? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Just, just glad we got that it's gonna, covered. It's going to be interesting to see the final rules for this. Yeah, it it probably won't change much. No, I wouldn't expect it to. I mean, I'm I'm looking at them now in front of me, and the best, the best part is that Castus Knight Porphyron can be taken as a Lords of War choice in a Mechanicum Phagmata or Quit Knight Christoris army, yeah. just like Atropos. Yes. So, in other words, you're thinking of getting on them? <laughs> well, well, I thought the Atropos was a heavy support choice in the Knight list. No, it isn't. You know. Both are the 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 Atropos also got the two thousand points uh, limit restriction. Yeah. So you can only have one per two thousand points. Alright. Fair well, enough. I am like I said, I'm just having just have a quick look at the rules actually while I'm here. And I love the idea of the Magna uh, Magna Las Cannon. 
it's drink, but I don't know. The, the large blast ordnance two, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, strength, strength and AP two. Yeah, the iron storm missile pod ordnance one, massive blast seven inch, strength six yeah, or, or the or change it out for the Helios defense missiles. I'd go for the defense missiles to be fair. <laughs> Looking at it, okay, sixty inch range, strength eight, AP two, heavy two, skyfire interceptor. Uh, it's still a forty five degree arc on the interception, but. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad thing, would it? Um, <laughs> that would seriously well, screw up a few people's days. Considering it would probably be sat in your backline anyway. Yeah. Might not matter that much. Yeah, and then the uh, obligatory autocannons and last cannons. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm 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 really liking this, and uh, I I think it's it should get a lot of love. It's a beautiful model. I I, I really think it's a beautiful model. Um, yeah, I really like the. Fact that you can replace the auto cannons with IRAD cleansers. Because <laughs> that's what just, you need. Just for fun, basically. Because you can. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but this is this is definitely one of those. Uh, it sounds stupid. Even even more than the um, well, as much as the Reaver, I guess. But definitely better, better than the Warhand. I could see like Skitari, a small, couple of small squads of Skitari flanking this quite nicely. Um, Okay, I, just, I don't know. I just think I like the the sort of very solid look of the legs. You know, like it literally it plants it. It doesn't want to go anywhere. It strides to the battlefield, puts its feet down, and goes right. This is it. I'm putting it on my chair, and I'm going to shoot it from here. Um, which I actually really like the look of. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to seeing whoever brings this first onto the Swedish scene and see what happens with it. Gandas. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, as uh, far as what we're doing, technically, you could take it for Lincoln. Yeah, you can put it as Lord of War <laughs> for the Raider. Yeah, considering it's uh, less than 500 points. Yes, it is. Was it um, four or something or other? Four, four nine, five. <laughs> five points under. Yeah, that counts. Yeah, but if you want the ocular metrics, it will be five points over. Yeah, so don't bother with them. Yeah. But the nice thing if you take it in a quest list is they can upgrade with with uh, with a household rank. Yeah. So you can give it better ballistic skill, uh, better involve save if it's uh, yeah. one of the higher levels, isn't it? But w- what you really have to take in mind is that it's still a knight and it's uh, it's got an armor of 14, 13, 12. It don't get anything behind it. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's pretty much a thing with most knights, isn't it? Don't get anything behind it because, you know, no, no lube and, you know, banana yeah. in the tailpipe kind of thing. Yeah, but uh, a lot of the other knights got a proper close combat weapon for just those moments. Yeah, I think I think it was Ryan and um, Michael were talking about this on the latest episode of uh, RFI, and <laughs> he's saying like, yeah, basically get in there and you can tie this damn thing up by ganking ganking its gears up with a squad of tack marines. Yep. Because all it's going to do is basically stamp on you because it's got nothing else, um, which is kind of a small. Oversight, I guess, maybe from GW. You know, they could have built like, or Forgewell. Maybe they could have built flamers into the feet or something. I don't know. <laughs> just done, done a 360 yeah, flame. Just, just, just really need a good reason to put the auto cannons facing downwards and then put the iron cleansers instead of the auto cannons. No, no, I've got it. Simple. It needs to be flamers. You, you, there's one simple inspiration for this: Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one what, simple what, inspiration. What's better than a flamer? One, 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 something that's basically a flamer but with flesh pain? Yeah, alright, fair point. 
Yeah. Cleansing with red. Yeah. Yep. Basically, what, 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 what happened? Oh, you're just about to squish. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that could that could seriously work. Yeah, because then they will lose the toughness as well if they're just yeah. damaged, hit by it, basically. That could be quite hilarious, actually. But yeah, there's going to be seriously. They they could have taken some inspiration from a classic movie there and done something really active with it. That's all, all I'm what's, saying. What's really nice is that it harkens back to the design of the Reaver. If you yes. look at the feet. Yes, it's definitely. Really, and it, that, those feet and the reinforced legs really make it look like a just like a firing platform and not uh, something that's supposed to be mobile. Yeah. Well, you you are all missing the most important thing. Has anyone diced this out against Angron? Does anybody we, we really want to bother dicing out this out against Angron just to see how quickly it'll take for him to die? Where can he toss it? <laughs> it's, it, uh, it might take uh, like one hit more because it got on eight, got eight hit points. Yeah. Okay. So maybe he's got to basically sort of, you know. So you you're saying that he might get the chance to stomp? No, I'm saying that uh, just Angron needs another attack. Unless he rolls a six on, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then you're in trouble, basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we can we can work out the, we we can work out the dicing a little bit later on, because um, you know math hammering is fun and probably not. Yeah, we could do it on air, but you know, let's save it for another time. And just drop the truth bombs <laughs> of what what he'll uh, what he'll actually do. Um, so, and honestly, Angron cares not. Angron cares not from where where it all flows as long as he can, you know. Where the mix gets tossed. As long as he can punt it like a football and land it on top of a land raider and detonate some iron father or something, I don't know. As long as he can do some damage. So I think I think with that, is there anything else we want to shout out in the intro while we're here, gents, or uh, are we all good? Mm, I still love the blood bowl goblin and halfling referees from Forge World. Have you seen? Okay, on on that fact, because I think that's that's a very very legitimate fact, because that ties into Forge World, and that's as ten, tenuous as we can make it. Um, have you seen the uh, the upcoming uh, New Year, like second of January release, which happens to be Halflings and Ogres? No. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, it looks I so pretty. I, I'm. Okay. I love I love playing Goblin teams. One Ogre or two Tree Men actually is one I used to play. Two Tree Men. Lots of halflings, and then basically surround <laughs> someone and foul them to death. And that's yeah, all it ever that, was. That, that's basically. I, the, I used to do goblins, yep. goblins with trolls. That works the same trolls. way. That yeah. works the same way. But how's uh, they getting eaten though when they try to toss them and shit? Or like me using the doom rollers or whatever the dwarfs had. Oh, Doom Rollers, those things are great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like you literally, you just when got they screwed work. over on a, on, on, a, on, a mis- on a foul roll or whatever. It's like, yep, 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 yeah. Basically, you're drawing a gigantic steam roller on the uh, on the pitch. Yep, you're out of here. <laughs> no, I still think, still think my favourite was uh, when I built the... I, I had an old Chaos team with uh, which basically had a star um, Minotaur running back. <laughs> he got block and he got sure hands and yeah after that he was just unstoppable <laughs> he just get the ball off you go and just r- grind forward for most of one half and then you know see what happened that was that was one of my favorites that was my favorite team but yeah um good times oh yeah good times and then at some point like freddie i'll own a box of it again at some point 
because it's pretty and I miss Blood Bowl. It's awesome. So, um, with that little nostalgic trip and sidetrack there, let's let's try and get back onto a non-sidetrack. Um, shall we take a break and then come back and we're going to hit you guys up with our main topic, which is all about the Avaria Phase 4 that Freddie and I just attended on the week uh, weekend just past. And we've got a number of different types of games to talk to you guys about. So, uh, shall we do that, guys, unless you've got anything else you want to say? No, that's all good. Okay then. Well, what we'll do is we'll take a quick break and we'll play you out with some play you with some awesome music tunes, and we'll be right back after this.
back and it's time to take on our main topic and our main topic is Avaria uh, Cluster Phase 4, the round out of the year long uh, campaign that has been going on in Malmo and it has been a whole lot of fun. I've been very fortunate enough to attend two of the four events. Uh, how many did you make two, Freddy? Uh, two out of the four. Two out of the four. So you made uh, the first one, if I'm right? First one, yep. fourth one? First one and, and last one. And I've managed to make the third and fourth ones, both of which were very freaking awesome. But rather than just sort of reminisce how awesome they were, let's actually talk you through them. And uh, Freddie, you want to start off with that, buddy? You're going to take us through the sort of overall idea of the event and all, all that yep. sort of jazz. Well, the last event was supposed to kind of finalize uh, the control of the planet or the Avarii cluster, being like a moon and a main planet. And the main focus was the Apocalypse Apoc game, uh, running on a big massive table, uh, pitting demons, word bearers, uh, world eaters, and titan legions against Iron Hands. Night, no, oh, sorry, Iron Hands slash Night House versus uh, now with Dark Angels and Salamanders. Uh, Iron Hands, Dark Angels, Salamanders. What was the last one? God damn it! Say again. I think that's it. I Say think again. that's it. What was it? What was the list? Sal Salamanders, Iron Check. Hands, Check. Dark, Dark Angels, Check. Night House. Night House and Titan. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. There we go. That's it. And and the thing is, uh, while the APOC game happened, there was heaps of other games going around. The APOC game was uh, scheduled to do for the whole uh, day. And uh, while that happened, uh, all the other tables kind of could affect the APOC game with the outcome. So let's say the loyalist one on one table, uh, they might get to fire like an orbital bombardment on the APOC table and, and so on. So hence kind of uh, how it all got tied together. But I was playing the APOC game and you, Jody, were playing? I was playing the, uh, the standard games as they called it, uh, which is um, effectively we were asked to put together uh, three lists you had a 1,000 point zone mortalis list, you had a 2,000 point list and a 3,000 point list and which list you used it would depend on uh, which table you were drawn on for one of the three rounds and it was uh, it was pretty interesting they were all uh, themed and um, you know the zone mortalis games had a, a fair amount of effect on the uh, APOC game and yep. uh, yeah it was it was really really cool so uh, how are we going to go through this, Freddie? How are we going to take through this, uh, this well, sort of uh, roundup? Con considering your games kind of affected my games, mm -hmm. uh, we're going to do it through, like, I'll do two turns, because normally what happens is that the APOC table were, ba were able to go through two turns before um, one of the, yeah, well, one of the proper Tourna game terms, tournament yeah. turns, or whatever Tournament you turns, say. yeah, once one of the rounds were done. Yeah, one hundred rounds with that, and that will affect the APOC game. So, <coughs> basically, what happened, like with the APOC game, uh, we had an option to sacrifice victory points before we started to get uh, some sort of strategic traits. I decided to sacrifice one victory point to get. I got to pick half of my army mm -hmm. that automatically showed up on turn one, 
and the other half automatically showed up on turn two. And, and doing my drop pod uh, world eaters list, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> because it, besides the drop pod split, uh, I managed to kind of increase the number of drop pods that I got in because I got half my army on turn one. So I've changed it so I got all my drop pods on turn one plus the Thunderhawk. And then the rest of my flyboys rocked up on turn two automatically. And so talking through my teammates, we decided that that's like the perfect kind of thing to do. Uh, the other thing we did was that we played another strategic trait that did like the opposite uh, team weren't allowed to talk to each other during deployment. <laughs> cheeky. <laughs> it was very cheeky, kind of annoying for them. Uh, so that, that, that's basically the, the roundup for our first turn. Uh, so we lost to deploy first, so we deployed second, which was easy for me because I did a null deployment, but everyone else deployed. And we had some demon spam. Uh, the Titan Legion deployed all his Titan. So it was a real Titan and two Warhound Titan in his list. Can I just just on that one for a second, Fred? Do you mind if I just jump in? Big no. shout out to uh, Kim, who is known as Legio underscore Cybernetica on Instagram, and you guys should seriously go and check out his um, his feed, which is uh, the pictures of his Titans and everything. Um, I'm just going to double check his yeah Legio underscore Cybernetica. Go and have a look at his stuff. The Titans look absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, I just want to give him a shout on that. Sorry, Fred. Pretty. pretty. Yep. No worries. And, uh, yeah, so, and we have heaps of demons setting up, and then word bears, and what we decided about, uh, we played the last third of our uh, strategic cards to lose another victory points, and that was the word bearer, and he, he decided to deploy a few of his troops, and the rest got automatically the outflank ability. So we kind of have a game plan to roll up one of the flanks. And yeah, and and the loyalists they kind of deployed all their stuff. They did a smoke bombardment, uh, which was another strategic ability, which kind of covered the entire board that nerfed all the weapon firing for the first round for us. And <clears throat> then they have he heaps of other strategic cards, but they because they were kept secret, they we'll kind of talk about them when they get revealed further down the turn. But the first turn saw them shooting fuckloads of whole points of our Titans and kind of focus firing on them. Nothing much else happened besides smoke bombardment to stop up the return fire from our Titans. Um, our first turn saw all my my drop pods landing surrounding uh, <laughs> Jens's glaive. And I don't know. It's a very other, casual glaive, huh? It's a very casual glaive. And my Thunder Arc coming in and uh, starting the first turn by shooting off its D cannon on the top. Uh, killing, uh, what's his name? The Iron Hand special character that sits in a vehicle. Orth. Orth. They yeah, fucked off Orth is Ground Venusaur, which was a high priority target. Fucked off uh, a Rhino with some Dark Angel dudes. That were kind of deployed next to it. Yeah. And that that's basically the end of our first turn. Uh, the second turn saw the lawyers swing in, killing our Reaver, which was kind of a massive blow. <laughs> because he didn't really 
get to shoot that much in the game and really damaging our warhounds. I proceed, however, to fuck up the casual glaive, <laughs> uh, getting the rest of my my. <laughs> Sorry, did, on I, board. did I do that out loud? <laughs> uh, well, he getting, can take it. Yeah, get, getting the rest of my, and and also in the end, killing the glaive, and um, because I kind of gang raped it with uh, two contemptors and one leviathan. Leviathan Russell. never even had to hit <laughs> because the contemptors totally fucked it. Uh, rolled max scatter, mm-hmm. rolled a 12, and then scatter on, on top of an Iron Hands uh, squadron, or a, a, an Iron, Iron Hand tactical unit. Wiped that, yeah, with some remnants. So that, that felt pretty good. And also, my Thunderhawk proceeded to D off a knight while he was at it. And my butchers came in and took some hull points off that kind of Cerberus. Like the custom, there was a custom. Because what happened was that uh, at table one, and the loyalist won a super heavy. And it's kind of like a fell blade. A fell, it was like a fell blade with the Cerberus armament. Except that it, uh, every penetrating hit kind of killed off all the void shields if a unit had a void shield so I, I did some magna melt on that took a couple of hole points and some crack missiles inside and that that's about it for turn two nice so that was that was pretty productive for you <laughs> that was a pretty productive time for you well you know racked up uh, two super heavies and a couple of vehicles and two squads, no biggie. So no so far, so, so far, for the casualty of one dreadnought drop pod. <laughs> okay, so one dreadnought drop pod down. Enemies, serious pain in the ass. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, shall I go? Let me go through uh, my first round. So, uh, my first round, the well. The table I was on didn't have any direct impact on the Apocalypse game. Um, that was on about... There was the two ZM tables. I think maybe two or three others. Because there was the... Uh, um, what was it? There was the one with the Super Heavy that you got the yep. rolling on for you. There was also a table where you could basically... Fire sides some of sort a, of massive defense lasers. Yeah, there's, there's that one. And then you've got the, the one where you've basically got the... Um, the knights and the knight pilots. So there was literally two knight pilots stranded in the middle of the battlefield, and two knights, one on each short edge of the board on a six by four. And the idea was, if you got one of the pilots to, or the pilot to his corresponding knight, he could then go on and join the game from the uh, apoc, apoc game from that table uh, for the next turn or whatever it was. Now, just a quick question: Did any of the knights ever show up? No. So nobody ever actually succeeded in that mission in that respect. Fair yeah. enough. Um, fair enough. Okay, well, my first game was um, due to be a 3,000 point on 3,000 point game. Um, it was against Nicholas from the uh, Don't, uh, Don't Lose Your Head podcast. Uh, unfortunately, just due to travel shenanigans and sort of troubles, poor uh, Nicholas couldn't make it till 10 o'clock. Uh, the start time was uh, half half past nine, nine thirty in the morning. So, 
what happened was uh, we decided to switch it up uh, from 3,000 to 2,000 points, having a chat with the uh, organiser, um, Oscar. And basically what we had was the table quarters deployment with the six-inch no-man land in the middle. And there were three objectives, uh, one in each no-man's land, which then scattered, and then one in the centre, which scattered as well. And uh, that once that was all set up, uh, because uh, Nicholas had arrived late, uh, basically I won the roll of to deploy first, uh, go first automatically, that sort of stuff. Um, so basically I had the full choice of what I wanted to do. I let him set up first, because I wanted to counter-deploy, uh, mainly because he had a shit ton of armour. Um, he was For all the land Oh yes, he had a, a Proteus squad uh, of... Three land, three land leader Proteuses, uh, with his warlord just pimping out in one of them on his own. Uh, a tactical squad in another. He had two predators um, with the auto cannons and uh, shenanigans. There, he was running a land raider, um, Proteus, I think it was, or the, no, not land raider Proteus, uh, Phobos. Um, he was running that with a squad. Of... Freddie, are you searching for bits again? A little bit. A little bit, yeah, I can tell. Um, he was a running... Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, he was uh, running the uh, set of uh, five Gorgons in the Land Raider, and he had a uh, Malkador heavy tank as well. Super heavy tank, which was, yay! Um, fun. Well, uh, just be glad. Two yeah, but you couldn't take them in two 2k points, right? Ah, uh, that's true. He what now? Or did he take both of his Malkadors? No, he just took one. one. Just took one. Yeah. Sorry, no, I was going to say, he, he took one. If he couldn't take them, then, you know, recount. Well, he, he, but... he, could, he, could have, he could take them, he couldn't just fit them in the points. That was what I mean, he couldn't fit yeah. both. Uh, no. So, no, he took, he took one with him. And I think it was a bit of a peg to the arse, to be fair, but, you know, it was it, it survived. Um, so, yeah, he set up on one side, uh, basically went heavy on one side with his Proteuses, and went the opposite direction with his Land Raider, uh, Malkador, and Predators. Uh, oh, he also had a tactical squad that was walking on for reserve, which seemed a bit strange, but uh, I guess when you have the, uh, when you've got sort of a potential objective in your, or close to your board edge, you can you can sort of roll on. Um, so yeah, first uh, sort of first couple of turns um, were kind of interesting. He sort of rolled up his, um, his Proteus squad from the sort of edge of his deployment round towards my right flank, because he wanted to... Uh, basically to try and come round and try and roll my quad mortars. Oh, I should tell you what's in my list because that would be that would be useful. Um, so I had my uh, Praetor Tribune um, all doled up, ready to go. He was um, jumping around in a Spartan with uh, Flare Shield Armoured Ceramite and he had five uh, ter Legion Terminators with all of them armed with chain fists because, you know, you want to say hello, you want to say it properly. Um, then I had two tactical squads in Rhinos, because I like to run my troops that way. No multi-melters, they're going to be an upgrade for the next event I run, because, you know, multi-melters would be useful. And then I also had five Last Cannon Iron Havocs, a pair of um, quad mortars, in one, one unit of quad mortars armed with Phosphex, and which, which would actually come surprisingly into play towards the end of the game, which is very useful. Um, and then the last was a five-man tyrant uh, siege terminator squad 
with a uh, siege breaker in Terminator army, uh, Terminator armor even, because you know, fun. Um, so he sort of rolled everything forward, shot most of his stuff, scattered off with everything, or uh, I managed to armor save pretty much everything. Um, took a couple of the iron havocs out, which is a bit of a pain, um, but you know, not the end of the world. And his entire Las Cannons uh, or Phobos squad, or Proteus squad, sorry, with Las Cannons basically missed or rolled ones for their armor penetration against my Spartan, which I wasn't sad about, but, um, you know, the, the dice were definitely not in Nicholas's favor on the first turn. Um, then I basically shenaniganed about with my tactical squads, looking to go towards either the, the uh, objective on my left or the middle, uh, sort of hopefully playing a late-game late, late game grab in the middle, if nothing else. Um, and my tyrants sort of trudge through terrain now the tyrants in the entirety of the game I think moved close to eight or nine inches because they just trudged through cover so um, yeah that was that they, they weren't out for a stroll they were just out to do as little as possible and um, yeah my Spartan just basically went well you know what sod this gun the engines went forward six unit disembarked six and oh look there's a Proteus squadron right in front of us um and yeah, shooting, did some whole points here and there, uh, managed to um, generally annoy, I think I managed to take out uh, one, not a whole pointed down one of the um, uh, one of the predators pretty far, and then um, took a couple of pot shots at the Malkador with what was left, uh, the Havocs, and that was pretty much it. Um, oh, and then we charged. Um, so yeah, basically my five terminators with chain fists and my Praetor waltzing around with his um, his paragon blade basically went to town on his uh, vehicle squadron and blew one up, hole pointed another one out and wrecked it, and then reduced another one down to I think one or two hole points. Um, so yeah, pretty much bent him over and and took it up there without any sand even. Um, Sand. Sand. Yeah, well, you got to use something for lube, but there was no lube used. Um, and, yeah, that hurt. That was basically the entire flank just sort of fell apart there. Um, and then pretty much the rest of the game was trying to play keep away on that side, um, dodging back and forth with the tactical marines. Uh, turn two, he got some more damage in, but my for some peculiar reason, my Spartan just seemed to bounce everything off it um, when it came down to the shooting um, you mean my Spartan no my Spartan now um, <laughs> you're going to get you know you're going to get better work done on that that, uh, that Thunderhawk so don't complain uh, um, I know I'm you up mate I know you are and you're enjoying it as well um, and then there was the um, yeah well that actually no, to be fair that was pretty much it for turn two uh, turn two again Sort of move forward with his land raider, disgorge the um, uh, disgorge the gorgons. They sort of came forward and decided to charge my rhino, which was on that side, which made me basically jump out and then sort of caused me a few thoughts about what to do down that flank. Um, his tactical marines came in, and because his uh, praetor had been sort of uh, stacking, going stag in the uh, in the land raider. He uh, jumped in with the tactical squad and sort of backpedaled away from the Phosphex as fast as he possibly could. Um, and yeah, that was that was pretty much it. Um, 
Oh no, I lost a couple of tyrants to the uh, to the big gun on the Malkador. Um, turn two on my end, I lob some phosphex all the way down down range at the um, uh, at the what do you call it um, terminators because yes they'd come out on if I remember this rightly terminators had come out on my flank. I basically decided to back my tactical squad up from the wreck of their vehicle and um, not bolter them to death and basically stand back and let the phosphex do some damage and uh, managed to take a couple at least one out if not two on that turn, that turn I can't remember how many um, leaving the phosphex templates which really came into play later on they were really important towards the end of the game um, then I did the better part of Valor and after losing a couple of Terminators on my Terminator squad with the Praetor basically ducked them behind the, the wrecked Land Raider and hugged the objective which uh, turned out to be worth three victory points um, basically it was like hunting relics so if you roll a one it was worthless two and three um, was worth one point four was worth two points and five and six were worth three points so we rolled a roll of five for that one picked up three victory points there so that was worth three and basically those guys sort of hugged that edge as much as possible uh, his turn three he uh, came up against the tactical squad uh, with his gorgons and put a load of hurt on them uh, I think this I can't remember if one of the, if my sergeant actually managed to swing and uh, do some damage to one of the terminators on that one um, what else did he do? He was just trying to hold point down one of the the other rhino that was sort of towards the middle of the board with the uh, auto cannon off the Malkador, and then kept trying to shoot the tyrants of the Malkador. Uh, and yeah, pretty much um, playing keep away. Got he managed to park it, move his last remaining uh, produce out around the corner, out of the way, and sort of around a large block of terrain that was there, and. Um, that was the one with the tactical squad in got them out and then sort of left them ideally in no man's land and this is unfortunately where I think the the, the game plan for Nicholas could have gone better uh, because oh no that's right hang on I'll come back a second move them around pop to my turn quickly get that out of the way lots more shooting dropping some phosphates on the uh, Predator squad nothing happened didn't do anything to it scattered off and couldn't really get them all the way back over um and then more Laz cannon shots trying to take down the Malkador didn't really do anything to it uh, left the um, tactical marines to try and fend off against the Gorgons and yeah then I assaulted his basically assaulted the the, um, the land raider the last land raider destroyed it and then consolidated away back onto the objective and the tactical squad popped out um, and this, like I said, this is on Nicholas's turn four. This is where it sort of swung. Um, I think he was at that point relying on the Gorgons to get back around to the uh, the objective on his side, uh, where they were, and he decided to try and make it across and charge to try and charge my quad mortars because he wanted to take my quad mortars out. And he needed like a 10-inch charge, I think it was eight, eight or 10-inch charge through terrain, so it's somewhere up around 10 or 12 inches. Didn't make it. At which point, next turn, I drop a buttload of hurt on them with Phosphex and take the unit out. If he had charged my Praetor, the game could have gone completely differently. So if he'd actually come back around and taken my Praetor on and gone for the objective, could have gone a whole different uh, different way. Um, 
we had uh, some more back and forth and more shooting generally sort of plinking away at each other my tactical squad made a run for the middle objective uh, found out that there was basically nothing there is absolutely worthless which kind of sucked because that was going to be my insurance but hey that's how the dice roll um, and then we had uh, the Gorgons which uh, basically had to move through difficult terrain did so um, but not very far and then uh, basically um, he had to then try and run to get within three inches of the objective he had like five uh, four inches to run or five inches to run something like that uh, to get within three inches and fell one inch short so his only score his other only scoring unit that could do anything fell short by an inch to actually score the objective and then i think by the end of that it was time uh, because we were playing a shorter game and effectively i pick up picked up the win on a th uh, one objective hold of three three objective points so that gave a win to the Iron Warriors and the Traitors. Um, it was a really good game. Uh, Nicholas is a great guy. Um, I, I did feel minorly upset for, and sad for having gone in and, you know, chain-fisted his um, Land Raider squadron. However, um, still not disappointed. So I'm going to very <laughs> happily keep said chain-fist squad in as many lists as I possibly can. Because, damn, they were brutal. Um, Chainfists are fucking awesome. I, yeah, I, I thought that, but then I was like, oh, I've got to get so many lists where my Terminators just get wiped so quickly and, you know, like, blades of salty tears and shit like that will, will ruin through them. And then I went, yeah, but I'm using these guys to fuck over armor, so, no, no panic. And, dear God, did they do that. Um, so, yeah, that was my turn one. Do you want to take it on to your next couple of turns there, Freddy? Uh, yep, well, I could. Uh, turn three, kind of... Um... So, are not going so well for the traders. Uh, the demons were kind of chunked up with the Leviathan's Leviathan, starting to take some hurt. And also, the, our two remaining warhounds were ending up really, really low. I think there was like one had one whole point left, and the other one had two. And also, <clears throat> two fucking Kraken. Lightnings from uh, Eric's list came in. Oh, that reminds me, Eric. Raven God. There yes, you go. there you go. You found the last one. I found the last one. Oh, yeah, God. he was also using my lightning, I think. Yeah, which Jens uh, took with him home, so. Yeah, so that's also a nice point I'm just going to make that my lightning has made it to more events this year than I have. Yep. Is that a nice point or a sad point? I don't know. It's more of a sad point, but I'm going to put it in here. So that uh, I was by proxy at the Wario. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so uh, uh, we, we took a couple of it, took a lot of hurt there. Uh, heaps of units kind of eviscerated. They played one of their other tactical things because Oscar's uh, word bearer came in. And they decided to detonate one of their objectives in their own deployment, which were the one Oscar was going for. Oh, yes. And, I remember coming over at this point. I'm uh, feeling very sorry for him. Kind of sad. And, and also, the <laughs> Oscar tank-shocked the Raven God, uh, who did like a heroic last stand, tossed a melter bomb, and fucking one-killed the Spartan, where he had hit all his Gal Warbucks in. Oh, yeah. Kind of sad. But besides all that Doom and Gloom, yours truly, uh, Sister's Assault Ram, turn three, 
landed next to uh, Fellblade wannabe, put a mag- magnum melter through through it, a couple of crack grenades into it, and also all the butchers in the world went on town with chain fist galores and just fucking ripped that motherfucker open like a cracked egg. Only just, huh? Only just. Well, you know, exactly on the amount of whole points it had. So. <laughs> <coughs> it's all you need, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also my little xylophone fighter uh, together with the Typhon fucked off another knight to the heaven of knights or wherever knights go when they get um, a fucking super blasted reaction meltdown. Pretty much the scrapyard. Yeah. yeah. And besides that, all my uh, kind of um, dreadnoughts were repositioning, running around. Fucking gens managed to immobilize my Leviathan, which didn't really matter. Made me sad panda. But the rest of my rest of my um, dreadnoughts kind of rolled up the flag. And uh, Emil decided to take his uh, his um, freaking knight warlord and charge one of my one of my little um, cortex cortex what do they call the cortex contemptors cortex, cortex contemptors yeah who funnily enough decided early on to burn his thingy and get plus one initiative so he struck struck before the knight which was an Asheron. So he managed to fucking do four hull points. Like going, yeah, yeah. He did a penetrating, rolled a six and got some extra hull points. And then, you know, another one penetrating, he just did one hull point. Then obviously he got squished, but because he managed to take it down so much in later on, like the next turn after it, it made matter because uh, my surviving um, contemptor after killing off uh, the two remaining of the gens, decided to fuck off the knight with a uh, multi-melter to his face. So, in the end, all in all, all good. So that's, what, three knights that round and some sort of fellblade wannabe. Uh, so we're up to five super heavies. Yep. Not that you were counting or anything. No, it's a... One, two, yeah, five super heavies, all in all from turn one, and yeah, some plasma squads and praetors and rhinos and shit here and there. Not so, so not so important. Uh, then uh, I decided to move on, and eventually, kind of set up because I had two tax squads in my thunder rock. Do some objective grabbing because in the scenario you got extra victory points for surviving infantry squads, and also extra victory, like super extra victory points for holding objectives in your opponent half. So I kind of uh, flew my Thunderhawk to ready to discourage my two tactical squads to grab two different objectives, uh, because if the game ended at turn five, uh, we needed desperately score some points because so far the loyalists were like all over our objectives even though we were killing things left, right, and center. And I think we ended up turn four with losing our two warlords in one go. Oof. Uh, and that's about it. The two Trying warlords? You mean warhounds? 
Warhounds, I mean, Warhounds. And also, there's one of the shenanigans from the Son Mortalis, because we had one of those, the one that you want with the D cannon. Mm-hmm. The, the, what are they called? Like the chassis on. <sighs> Which one? Sorry. Uh, you know, the super heavy mega Imperial Guard tank. But you can have like a massive D cannon thing on it. Oh, the. The um, the shadow sword. Yeah. yeah. And also the shadow sword was about to shoot on the warhound, which yes. was Yes, oh shit, yes. Yeah. And then your mate, Mr. Lex, yeah. won his battle and just went pause the Apoch game. I need to shoot some barrages and <laughs> kill that fucker off. And that was yeah. kinda of depressing. But just meant that I had to do more heavy lifting in turn five. But yep. that's about my turn three and four. Okay, well then let me get on to uh, my second game. My second game was Zobor Talus. So this was a thousand points aside. My list was uh, helped out and worked out a little bit by uh, Ryan from the Radio Free fan. I wanted to try out Castlax and a Pravian, so I had them in my list. So I had Castlax, I had a Pravian, two Castlax as one of my HQ choices. Then I had a Praetor in Artificer Armor, uh, Iron Halo, Paragon Blade, you know, u- usual shenanigans there. He was rocking in a group of ten uh, breaches, all with melter bombs, and then, because uh, we, we were melt- multi-bombing, let's make this clear, we were multi-bombing at this event um, that had been put in the event FAQs. Um, then we had, uh, then I had, like I said, the two Castlacks, I had a 10-man veteran squadron uh, running marksmen, so they had a sniper and outflank, and they had a flamer in that unit, and the sergeant had power fist and melter bombs. Um, the scenario, before I go on to my opponent, the scenario was basically you had the attacker and the defender, and the attacker had to get three um, special uh, imperial agents, or ag- agents of the warmaster, whatever you want to say, uh, uh, special forces, blah blah blah, intelligence agents across from their side of the board to uh, within three inches of an Arvis lighter on the. Uh, it, it's basically the pretty much the deployment zone of the um, defending player. Now, uh, seemed pretty simple. They were independent characters, so I stuck one in my outflanking unit because that sounded like a good plan. Sticking them, sticking two of them in the. Uh, Breacher Squad also sounded like a good plan because I was running the uh, Zomotaz Right of War, which meant basically my invulnerable saves went up by one, so that was very useful if they were all in base-to-base contact. So basically I thought, yay, nice moving wall of invulnerable saves and useful stuff. Jody? Yes? Take a deep breath. I'm going to breathe now because I was just about to get on to the next thing. See? You know, I'm a salesman. I do this for a living. Breathing is just, you know, wasted time. Um... You think I'm kidding. Um, so the next thing that happened was my opponent. And if you remember back to my post of REI 3 report, uh, there was one game which uh, I honestly said it wasn't wasn't the best game I'd ever had. And that was uh, against the White Scar Army. And I got paired up with Miguel again, um, this time, as I say in Zone Mortalis. Now, two important things. One, this was one of the best games I've had in a long time. So total role reversal from the the last time we played. Um, so so much fun in the fact that when we had uh, time to play a second game of Zone Mortalis, because we didn't realise we had to play two, so by that point there wasn't enough time, so we just had a bit of a play around. Um, we had uh, I had a go of the White Scars Army list, 
which was a lot of fun even though I did get you know basically a turn one kicking from that from uh, Lex's Space Wolves cheers Lex um, no I played against him and um, he was running uh, basically a very bare bones ta- a bare bones tactical squad bare bones uh, contemptor dreadnought a six man veteran squad with I believe it was combi plasma it might have been plasma guns I can't remember exactly but they did try and put some hurt down and a um, legion bike squad not jet bikes but bike squad there was a command group around a praetor and he had a another console I can't remember if it was a centurion or if there was a specific setup on the other one um, but uh, yeah so basically he was playing the defender I was playing the attacker two units on the board one in outflank turn one he ceases he takes he takes the the first turn basically comes up um yeah boosts all the way up oh, i take turn one sorry i gotta get it right take turn one move forward try a few shots off manage to do uh, kill off like one veteran or something like that um he then throws his jet bike his bikes up at me and shoots uh, shoots into my um main squad which was the breaches I think great I've got this not a problem at all I can soak all this pretty much soak it all up and then he assaults in and here's me forgetting what he had in his armor list he was running the command squad every single one of them had a power fist as you do as you do um, so I swung managed to do a little bit of damage I think I even managed to kill one of them uh, one of the bikes uh, with attacks from my apothecary and my praetor uh, oh yeah, I was running an apothecary in that unit as well. Always useful. Uh, basically, managed to do that, and then <laughs> then my breaches got pummeled in the face uh, to the point where they lost heavily. They broke, and because they were so close to the edge, I rolled an eight, and off they scarpered. So basically, the main chunk of my army with two of the mission objectives disappeared off the turn uh, off the board in his turn one. So yeah, that sucked. Um, turn two on comes my uh, he basically goes in and does some shooting up of my Castellax um, and then it becomes my turn two my um, my outflanking squad walks on my Castellax and Pravian just basically conga line in as hard as possible into the bike squad going we're going to try and do some damage here and they got promptly uh, lost one of the castle axes. They broke. They ran backwards, um, which was useful. Um, and then, yeah, the next turn proceeded to be the fact that I didn't rally them. Um, and he basically careered into my uh, veteran squad and butchered the butchered the squad down to damn near a man. So I had no way of winning the scenario and no way of winning the game. So. Basically, on his turn three, he beat me, and it was hilarious. Um, it was fun, and it was also a damn painful learning experience. Um, but it was a much, much more enjoyable game. And um, yeah, two things about the white scores: they can be a real glass hammer list, and it very much was um, a glass hammer list because um, when I got to play it, everything was in the command squad. Um, and everything else was pretty much bare bones um, but it worked very well for Mikkel and I absolutely love that um, 
And then the second thing is, my god, the White Scars have a really annoying piece of war gear, whatever up there is, which is basically a hawk, like a cyber hawk thing, <laughs> which is dickish. Uh, and I say that because he basically controlled my Castlax and Pravian unit by basically putting this damn bird within one inch of them and steered the unit. It's like having a sheepdog. And then any anything within six inches of that, the, um, the his troops could basically get preferred enemy on, which is very nice for him. But fuck me, did he tear me a new one with all of that? Um, so yeah, <laughs> basically, uh, could have been better. Could have been could have been uh, you know a better turnout for me. But he got to go and drop some shots on the apocalypse game for that and. Special shout out to my uh, my good friend Lex. Um, those of you who may remember him from coming on to our podcast a little while ago, and he's also the founder of Crusade and Heresy Group on Facebook. He had some trouble getting over uh, with a bit of a screw up on the uh, train, uh, the sorry, the pl- flight times out of the UK. Uh, but thanks to a rather awesome group here in Malmo, we managed to club together and get some money to help. Uh, Ease the costs of him having to transfer. Uh, ease the costs of him transferring his flights and getting across. And uh, yeah, he managed to make it across to the event. Um, but he thoroughly went and enjoyed winning his game in Zone Mortalis, and um, then presided, presided on basically giving me a kick in the teeth with his Space Wolves against the Borrowed White Scars as well. So yeah, that was that was all shades of fun. Um, so yeah, that was my round two, a loss. Uh, I will beat these damn white scars one day, but um, it may have to be beating them with a hammer so the models don't exist um, currently <laughs> until I can come up with an option. Um, but yeah, that's that's what we had. So um, that was my round. That was my round two. Do you want to go on with uh, the last or the next few turns for you, Freddie? Yep. Yeah. Uh, my last turn was uh, turn five. Mm-hmm. Uh, landed or oh, skimmed my Thunderhawk. Tossed out two tech squads. Uh, one uh, went to kind of stop uh, Jens's uh, Flamer Squad. The other one went uh, against uh, an objective that was held by Jens and Eric. Eric had like a last cannon team and Jens had a Contemptor. And, and obviously my butchers landed again and went out and tried to go to town on whatever remained of Jens on the right flank or his left like our left flank his right flank that's about it and uh, nothing much happened except killing of uh, that knight Emil's uh, warlord and uh, killing of the flame squad charging into the contender everything is hunky dory uh, they unleash <coughs> their unleash hell I take off like I think it's like two hole points of my thunder rock scatters with the fucking D blast because uh, because that uh, that uh, uh, there was uh, the warlord I mean the warhound which I oh sorry I may failed to mention when when I skimmed I put a D round into the back of the warlord that was down on one hole point and fucked it off. Uh, and they play their strategic card that he came back and he tried to fuck off the, the Thunder Rock but by shooting his D-Blast it scattered on top of my tech squad in close combat with the Contemptor blowed up the Contemptor and 
basically took I think seven or eight yeah no seven marines with him in the blast from that D blast but I was still holding objectives so I wasn't too bad and I killed off all the flamers so it wasn't too bad so good but he plasma cannon totally annihilated uh, the tax squad that fucked up the flamers that's about it so I lost two tax squads now the Leviathan finally <laughs> died uh, against uh, some some other random shooting uh, and the freaking other contemptor got scattered on by a D-Blast and killed him uh, <laughs> but I was alright so I had one contemptor left and so I've lost one Leviathan one contemptor basically the Dreadnought drop pod and two tech squads wasn't too bad so all in all going uh, well for you at this point. All in all going well. Uh, last, last turn, Faith Weaver fucked off the war, <laughs> Warhound that came back with like all the D-shots in the world. Uh, my Thunderhawk drove off and killed like a Salamander attack squad. I butchers, thanks to Oscar, saying that no, 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 fucking, what's his name again? Orb? Or? Yeah. Yeah, or that has that was crawling out of his burning wreckage. He's like, that's all right. My my two word bearer cataphracty uh, can deal with him. They have fists. I was like, fine, okay. I'm, I won't charge my butchers. I always keep my butchers in their deployment zones, score some extra victory points. So I won't charge orb. Obviously, they've lost against the fucking power mace. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> sorry. I didn't mean to. Uh, yeah, like terrible. That. <clears throat> terrible and I went to town and was left got uh, the last remaining night of the lower list down to one hold point but considering I was basically the only fighting force left uh, I couldn't finish it off which was kind of shitty yeah. that sucks but in the end when the smoke fell uh, it was a massive treasure victory Awesome. That was Ready. very awesome, to be fair, actually. It was very nice to see that go down um, and come out with a, a very big, big victory for the uh, for the Loyalists. Or not for the Loyalists. For the, well, yeah, the Loyalists to the Warmaster, at least. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was that was rather awesome. Um, yeah, I think Jens had, like, his Praetor left or console or whatever it was. And was it? It wasn't the sar the awesome sergeant of who will, who will just not die. I mean, yeah, that was a sergeant, wasn't it? I think it was right. the special sergeant. Oh, that that's what he had left. Uh, the salamander player had. Oh, he probably had a, Yeah, he had this leviathan uh, after winning against the demons. So he had <coughs> the the sergeant of doom, leviathan left. Salamander player had one dude. In a tech squad and another tech squad that was kind of semi decimated left and uh, contempted that no one, I didn't have time. And I think ML had that last night on one whole point. Yeah. So it was and, uh, it was pretty good by that point. Yeah. So it was the end of the game and you guys started your last turn. We did. And my last turn was against uh, Henrik, who again has actually been on the uh, webcast already in our post of REI3 wrap-up. 
Um, absolute stellar, gent. Absolutely stellar. Now, this was one of the games where it was 3,000 points versus 2,000 points. And basically, this was... Um, it was called Death uh, Death or Dishonor. I think it was something like that. Uh, Death Before Dishonor. Sorry, thank you very much. That that's, helps if I remember these things. Death Before Dishonor. And basically, what that meant was you had the... So, like, uh, attacker, uh, the attacker had the 3,000-point list... There was uh, you had a six inch, six eight inch deployment zone on on each of the short edges, and then in the centre there was a, I think it's like a, a corridor of um, a twenty four inch wide corridor, twelve inches either side of the centre line, which the defender could deploy. Now, like I said, the defender had a two thousand point list, and the attacker had a um, three thousand point list. Now, I asked Henrik very nicely because I didn't get to play my um, 3,000 point list at the beginning of the event and he had I said please do you mind if I have a go with my 3,000 point list and he said sure not a problem quite happily do that um, so he set up now he was playing a Blood Angels Day of Revelations list um, so there were basically two decent sized assault squads um, one had a chaplain leading it the other one had his Praetor in exceedingly gold and shiny armour um, and a medic in there. There might be a medic in the other unit, but um, you'll understand why I can't remember those details in a minute. And um, then we had the... Uh, he had a Sakaran Venator, he had a Cortis Contemptor... Uh, Mortis, Mortis Contemptor, sorry. Mortis Contemptor. And then he had... Um, what else do we have? Other Damocles Command, Rhino, and... There were four um, assault, four uh, what are they called? Assault bikes. Each uh, there was two multi melters and two uh, assault cannons on those. Uh, now, so that's what, what he deployed was the uh, the Sakara and the Mortis, basically everything that wasn't jump infantry or coming in via deep strike. Um, and his there was his objective was basically he got a victory point for every unit of mine he killed. I got a victory point for every um, unit that of mine that survived the game. Uh, basically, at the end of the game, how many I got, however many were left at the end of the game. Now, problem with the, the, the became very very much his unfortunately his list plus the imbalance in size of the game. Um, didn't do him a favour. His right of war and then the size of game of what he was playing against, because my list wasn't was was Iron Warriors fluffy, maybe pushing it a bit, but it was definitely there. Um, it was uh, my good old fashioned Praetor Tribune, uh, Primus Medicae, uh, pimping around in a Spartan with uh, six Terminators with chain fists and a Flamer in there. Then I had ten. That's right, ten Tyrants with a Siege Breaker. Uh, I then had two tax squads in rhinos because tax squads in rhinos, and I had then had two sets of two quad mortars with sh uh, shatter and phosphex, um, and then I had a bunker with a ammo crate, two void shields, and nine iron havocs in there with five las cannons and four missile launchers. Um, so I was basically trying to build a 
well, it wasn't really fluffy. It was a, as hard a hitting 3,000 point list as I could after the last tournament I played in uh, with the, the uh, well, Scandus, if nothing else, uh, realizing I needed some AP2 in there. Um, so that's what I went with. And um, I got Master Tactician for my uh, Warlord trait, which we remembered to roll after we deployed because we completely forgot. Um, so we both rolled the same one and mutually agreed that we would um, allow ourselves to uh, reposition one unit. Um, I put, because of the, the rules, basically you could put, uh, as the attacker, you could put units in reserve and they would automatically come on turn one because you were doing like a rush attack. So I deployed pretty much everything I wanted to and I put my, um, I put my two rhinos in reserve because the only things I, I didn't really need for that game because there was no objectives to score so they would basically be into plug holes um, I ended up switching my Spartan to the other short edge which helped out um, and yeah a bit more of that in a second so basically uh, Henrik took the first turn uh, started to do some shooting uh, fortunately didn't get much done um, combination of oh yeah Aegis defense line as well um, targeting what he could see and what he could damage and unfortunately not getting very not getting overly lucky with his dice rolls um, I move up and in one turn the tyrants basically own the Sakaran Venator immobilize the uh, stun stun I think it is no immobilize the Cortis Contemptor and did a couple of hole points on the Damocles and then Dropped a butt-ton of um, Phosphex on top of the attack bikes, managed to wipe two of them out and put a wound on each of one of the others. Um, so yeah, that was turn one. Uh, turn two, um, Henrik's turn two, he then placed in uh, first of his squads, which was uh, the Deep Strike, or placed both of them basically, the centre character. Um, and his first squad landed pretty much where he wanted it to, a couple of inches over, which is right in the centre on the big, nice, round fortification. And that was his uh, squad with his Praetor. And that all looked, you know, shiny and happy and everybody was good. Then he put his chaplain squad on the, on the short side where I had my um, Spartan and Rhino. And he scattered on top of my Spartan. Um, so, mishap and in a uh, roll he got a four so he went into ongoing reserves um, this was pretty key uh, to what happened because then effectively there wasn't much shooting for him to do or if, if any um, so it's pretty much down to my turn and what I could do um, and honestly at that point my sole objective was to wipe him off the board um, because if I could wipe him off the board then he would it would be an auto win on my part because he wouldn't be able to deploy his he'd have nothing on the end of the, his uh, nothing on the table at the end of my turn so he wouldn't be able to deploy because uh, it was the end of the game turn um, so yeah basically my quad waters went to work and started to do a job and dropped in a ridiculously large amount of phosphex on them and his Medicaid and Praetor started soaking so much of that stuff up on the first gun but then I think it was just the fact that he got their armor had gotten sticky um, and the the second round it just the second pair of quad mortars just basically 
think it's like 21 hits, and we wipe that unit down to like four, five guys maybe, and then um, effectively I fired one last cannon from my one set of quad last cannons from my Spartan into the Damocles, fired the other last cannon in, then fired my crack missiles into the squad, then fired my iron havocs that you could see into the squad, and effectively I wiped his squad out and killed everything else off. And I made sure I blew up the dreadnought as well, so it wasn't technically still alive. So by the end of my second turn, I won the game by tabling him. Um, it was nice to get a win. Absolutely stoked to get a win. I genuinely felt like a combination of the the game, uh, the mission type, and his army list, and just some just sheer unlucky dice rolling completely messed him up in this game um, we have agreed that we will have a uh, not a rematch but just more of a straight up slog fest between us uh, at some point after after the new year and we'll try and run our full 3000 point lists and see what happens because I think that will be pretty awesome um, but all in all for me very very happy they gave me uh, two wins to one loss which is a big turnaround from Avaria much better than my results or better on the percentage results than uh, what I got at Scandus and all in all I felt pretty damn good because it was a fun day um, I had uh, had to disappear out um, and had some shenanigans kick off uh, around the time of the prize giving but I managed to make it back in time to uh, get my second Magnus, uh, not Magnus, uh, Araman model uh, yeah, Araman. Uh, Araman, my second. So, if anybody wants an Araman model, by the way, please feel free to drop me and drop me a, a message on the uh, Varangian Heresy at gmail.com, and I'll uh, I'll send him out because I already have one, and I'm happy to send out another one to one of our lucky listeners. Just hit me up. Um, and then we had um, you and I managed to get up and have a few words about uh, the MKA course and what we're going to be doing next year, didn't we, Freddie? Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah. Um, and breathe. There we go. Um, do you want to sort of take through the final results, Freddie? Uh, well, I, I'm kind of upset with the final results, but I am, I am I am pretty pissed at the final results actually. And um, as it was kindly pointed out, my friend Lex won three out of his three games. And if we left him in the UK, things might have gone differently. Um, <laughs> but uh, I also think that Karma would have made things go differently as well. So I'm not gonna start bitching about that too much well apparently the fucking loyalist won 100 towards the traitors 99 yeah those loyalist lapdog bastards managed to win by one victory point so i'm calling shenanigans because i'm sure that you know it did score some more victory points than that but you all know that uh, the imperium will end up victor victors in the end anyway so no. it's quite pointless to be a be a traitor. No, they're not going to win in the end. Yes, they Have are. Have you seen the new fucking fluff? Yeah, and what will happen in the end, do you think? Uh, the Emperor will die and send some sort of god mode. Uh, the, the universe will scatter into different realms and they will access each other by uh, war portals. 
Sounds mightily familiar, that, but we're not going to go into that discussion. Um, so, I, I, I would like to say thank you so much to Oscar and Oscar for running the Avarii series this year. Um, I was a bit disappointed I missed the first two, but really, really happy I can make the second, uh, the penultimate and final events. Um, and fuck me, the Heresy scene in Malmo is so goddamn strong right now I mean uh, word is there's at least six to seven new players looking at next starting up next year um, which is awesome and I would like to think I'm going to get more involved in the uh, local community now so that's a good thing um, because of a bit of extra time on my part and yeah I think it's just going to go from strength to strength um, what about you Freddie what are your thoughts on it all uh, it's been good. Like the first one was probably like the first uh, 30k event I attended to in Sweden, and good to see like from from that on until the final event, it's it's like twice the amount of people. It's really good. And you yeah. see like the <laughs> the number of people signing up for our events are massive, and then you know seeing the BSK how it was heaps of new players coming around and I'm pretty sure like heaps of new players would come around next year as well so it's just going to get bigger which is just all degrees of awesome okay very much so Chris did you uh, do you have something you wanted to sort of uh, touch on there no I've managed to fail to show up to any of the Avaria so there's always next year yeah so next year will be a hopefully a better year for me attending events as well the year of the Chris yeah hashtag uh, hashtag year of fists yeah not like uh, Tom of uh, the the Dino Fire 2 says the year of fisting same thing you know Uh, same thing (laughs) well depends what you're into really Uh, or or if you're or if you're Sigismund or not it's really nice to see uh, uh, see the scene in general grow in Sweden I really need to make one in my town, I think, so I have people yeah. to play with. You should have a chat with uh, with Jens and see if you guys can rock something together. Yeah, we're 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 going to have some games after after when the new year starts, basically. Awesome. Now now that I got a place to, where we can play uh, play properly. That's pretty sweet, man. And um, uh, it's not I... that far from Stockholm, either. So. Exactly, it's not that far from Eskilstuna, where you live. So be warned, you might you might get Chris <laughs> knocking on your door. I think is what he's trying to say. I was still thinking that he could come here as well. Oh, there is yeah, that. that. I don't have an issue. Exactly. Well, well, one thing I would like to say to um, to everybody as well is, you guys need to go and have a look at um, our page, the Vrangin Heresy podcast, and you can actually see the videos of the live streams that I did of these games um, that I played. Uh, we didn't have a chance to do a live stream of Freddy's game as well, um, but yeah, go and check them out, and you can actually, um, I would say, listen and watch along at home, but trust me, my continuity is so crap at the moment, um, I would definitely suggest that you go out and watch those games, um, last two are a bit quick, first one's okay, um, all in all, good couple of hours of uh, heresy gaming to watch there, and if you've got any thoughts, just add them in the comments on the videos, and I'll try and get back to them as soon as I can. So yeah, I thought that was uh, all in all. I thought it was a pretty damn fine day, and then we went out for some beers afterwards. We got to hang with the boys of Heresy, so yeah. uh, that was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, and I went to concert that day, which was also nice. Not as her- heretical though. 
No, it was it wasn't heresy, man. You know, it's uh, doesn't who, count. Who, yeah, yeah, who, who is playing? Kent. Zero uh, uh, hope progression. Kind of, yeah, zero, yeah. I was gonna say, kind of heresy. I don't know. Yeah, still, it was a good concert, and it was a nice end to all to only doing moving stuff, basically, That's packing true. and unpacking, and uh, fuck it. <laughs> not, not, not a fun time, huh? Uh, none, none of the buildings we moved in or out of have any elevators. Oh, and we live, on the, we live on the top floors in both of them, so it's quite a nice workout. And nothing, nothing else. Well, that's a, that's an interesting thing for you there, my friend. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, do we have anything more we want to talk about as far as Avaria is concerned? No, we can't wait until next year and see what's going yes, on. Yes, very much so. And uh, shout to uh, everybody who's in the Malmo scene, uh, going to be joining the Malmo scene, or just generally looking to get into 30k in the Malmo Scona area. Um, come along to the MKA painting class. Learn how to paint your your awesome new miniatures or awesome miniatures even better to a world class standard, and therefore you can crank out an army in half the time by using an airbrush. See, all types of bonuses there. So definitely worth coming along. Yeah, and also if you get sick and tired of Malmo, you can always join us for our kind of events. At the all. Yeah. One will be in Lund, so it's kind of close by, but. You know, the other ones are Dinkerping and Stockholm, so come on, yeah. don't be scared. Join the fun. Don't, don't, don't be scared. Freddy only bites when he's asked. Um, exactly. So, yeah, all is good. So, I think we're going to play ourselves out to some music, and we will come back with the wrap-up after this. <laughs>
we're back. So yes, uh, awesome time at Avaria. Very much looking forward to next year's events. It's going to be amazeballs, and just watching the um, and being part of the growing Malmo scene is very very cool. So let's get on to our wrap up, and we're going to sort of do a blitz through the upcoming events that we have on our calendar for 2017. And we're going to start off with something that's going to be very unique and all-encompassing of the uh, 30k community. So uh, by that I mean basically there is going to be a global campaign happening next year. And by global campaign I mean there will be 12 uh, months, thank God, for next year. Um, and 12 podcasts will be each taking a month. And it's going to be starting off with the Eye of Horus. And I think the guys might actually be wrapping it up as well. I'm not 100% sure, so it might only be 11 podcasts involved. I think it's 11 podcasts involved, and they were supposed I think, to Yeah, I think up. they're topping and tailing that one. Uh, basically, what's going to happen is each podcast is going to have a um, responsibility for a planet in a particular sector as part of the um, Oz... It's going to be in the, on the... Oh, what is it? The online Oz wiki 30K. site. Thank Oz you very much, Freddie. Oz30K. Um, online wiki site. So get on there, get your army registered, and be ready to go. And it's going to be on a... There's going to be a Facebook group for it, and we're going to be pimping on every episode that we do, as will all the other podcasts. That's going to break down uh, in different ways, depending on different podcasts. Uh, so basically, you can expect from the uh, the Northern Heresy that there will be a degree of. Um, they have promised swamps already. Yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, th there's going to be swamps uh, from them. We're probably going to look at something hive related. Haven't decided yet. Uh, we'll work that out. But we're going to be taking, I believe, the month of June is what I bagseed for us. Um, so we're going to be having a look at that. And yeah, each podcast we will we will go through this properly on our next episode. Each podcast will have their month, different event, uh, different scenarios, different uh, game types, special missions, objectives, whatever, fighting for each of the planets. So the idea is you basically register your army, and each month you follow the set that uh, the setup that's been put out by each podcast, and play as many games as you can. Register the Monos 30k for that particular planet, and then at the end of it all, we see who wins out across the uh, the entire. System. System. That's what I'm looking for. So, yeah, uh, that's the sort of very brief over information, yeah, and there I will could, be more to follow. I, sh I should also do, do put it like this. Uh, given that we there's actually more preparation this year, it will probably end up more coherent than last year. For the ah, last year brought this year on, so it's going to be all good. Yeah, because th 2016 has been a great year so far. Oh, yeah, and 2017 <laughs> will be the uh, year of heresy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is that event. Uh, Chris, what have we got coming up next? Ooh, we got uh, the event in uh, what is it called Wyoming, uh, mm -hmm. Clash of the Titans, at uh, the 14th and 15th of January in Cheyenne, and uh, it's basically a small event. Freddy's p favorite painting reward was yep. it the Fulgrim reward? Fulgrim, Fulgrim. <laughs> And it's on. Uh, they got the. They got basically got the website clashofthetethons.com. It's be, will be in the show notes. So if you're in the area, just check it out. 
Sounds awesome. Uh, yes, we'll put that information up in the show notes. And then we have the on the 28th of January, Saturday 28th of January, we have 40k Brawl presents Traitor's Rage, a Warhammer 30k event. Now this is taking part in Salisbury in the UK. Um, it is a first come first serve, three games of 3,000 points aside, 30k using the format we all love. Uh, the venue is um, has free on-site parking, 20 spaces are available for the event, so go, 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 go. Um, entry is secured with a £15 payment via PayPal. So basically have a look on Facebook for 40k Brawl um, or Traitor's Rage, find the event and we'll make sure we post the link up in yeah. our um, show notes. And currently there seems to be spots left, because uh, at least on the Facebook event there's 14 people going, but there's 29 interested. Awesome. So that's going to be that one. Uh, what's what have we got next? Oh, just a, a little, little something that we may have mentioned earlier, which is the MKA Masterclass Boot Camp here in southern sunny Sweden between the sixth and the tenth of April. Go get your tickets. Go and have a look at our podcast. All the information is there. Uh, what's coming up next after that? Oh, that's uh, the small event at Gothcon next year, which is mm-hmm. quite a decent-sized convention, so to speak. So, basically, if you like gaming, you should go to GothCon, because it's all varieties of gaming there. And it's during the Easter weekend, and I've got actually got some info this time. And uh, that's they're basically going to do the same style as last year and at BSK. So there will be a, there will be five battles at GothCon, and the winners, which are currently loyalists, that, that, because they won't want BSK, they will get a bonus, but that bonus can uh, be lost, and... Uh, be claimed by the traitors during the game. So that's what we got for now. There, I will also say that there will be an interview with the, the organizers closer to the event itself. But uh, for now, just to, you should also mention that there's regular Age of Darkness Force orgs and uh, at 2,500 watt limit. So it's going to be all shades of fun. And yep. then we start on towards the, well, technically the second, but the first gaming event of the... Uh, Frangin Heresy event series and Freddy, that one's uh, that one's your baby, right? Now. Yeah, that's right. That's the uh, Lincoln, and it's going to be two thousand point Jedi War uh, missions. Uh, don't worry, it's a special force org. It's basically the Raiders force org from uh, Book Four Conquest. But yeah, just uh, have a look at the playbacks. There's heaps of narrative stuff's going to happen during that event. It's a one dayer, uh, three rounds, uh, two thousand points. So that's about it. And yeah. currently we have 46 people have, that have signed up, and I have no idea what the fuck I'm going <laughs> to get all the them in. from. But you, need, you need to get uh, a spare room for them as well, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so LinkCon is most definitely going to be the first chance you get to, with our event series anyway, to show off the uh, absolute master skills that you've learned at the boot camp. Uh, yeah, don't worry, I'm going to keep promoting it through every event we mention now. Um <laughs> And then we have coming up in August, the 12th to the 13th of August, we are going with the Scorpius Insurrection, which is going to be a two and a half thousand point um, army list. We're going to work out the full details as, uh, in a little bit of time, but uh, it's going to be a two day event. You're going to get three games on the first day. And then at the end of the first day, we'll be using a Swiss system to basically, on the second day, pay you up with uh, a fellow traitor or fellow loyalist. Um, and you will then be playing 5,000 points aside for two games and generally causing mayhem, destruction, and having a whole ton of fun. 
Um, we will be doing that on site in Lund at Farm Shack Barbecue, which is farmshackbarbecue.se uh, or SE for those of you who uh, don't understand even my bad Swedish. And um, it's also going to be the hopefully be the site of the MKA course as well. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. So another Southern Sweden event. And then we've got the last and the the absolute showstopper marquee event of the year so far. And uh, Freddie, which one's that? Uh, that would be Scandus. Oh yeah. The burning of Scandus Prime. <coughs> it keeps burning. Uh, this year's going to be three thousand five hundred points. And Since, it's be, why not? <laughs> why not? Uh, and it's going to be basically the same way as last Scandus, so anything goes. Also. <coughs> Due to public demands, um, increasing the spots to 40 players. That means, however, that uh, half the table is going to be Sol Mortalis tables and half of the other table is going to be the big 3,500 points. But not to despair, because all the Sol Mortalis tables will have something to do with the big tables in kind of a specific way. And if you want to know more, you're free to play it back, but it is going to be fucking awesome. Oh yes, yes it will. There um, will just be quick... angry angrels ales, there will be Cthulhu lagers and so on. So don't you worry. There'll be all the fun shizzle there. Fuck yeah. And awesome. then and, and then some. And then some. Well one thing I did want to uh, to mention quickly as well, just with the um with the uh, Scorpius event, we're gonna aim to fill 50 players, play 50 player places, and maybe have an extended, um, what you call it, extended uh, invitation. Invitation? No, that's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, dropouts list. Somebody, if somebody drops out, so we might be able to uh, extend that size if we don't get too many dropouts and people still interested in coming along. So we shall see what we can do there. Um, is there anything else that we need to talk about in the wrap-up? I don't know. I keep modeling uh, like crazy. I can't wait to get to Adepticon. What else? Oh, yeah. That's going to be a whole world of fun. Uh, I think it's uh, going to be a whole lot of fun. I think 2017 is going to be... The year of the heresy. heresy. Yeah. Chris, you want to throw something in there? No, I was just uh, going to say that if anyone have anything that they wanted want us to shout out, they should just email us at uh, Heresy at gmail.com for sure for sure and I think that uh, we're going to have uh, once we're off air we're going to have a bit of a chat about what we're going to be doing uh, coming 2017 but more of what you like less of what you don't like and if you tell us what you like and what you don't like we can do that even better uh, so again hit us up at the Heresy at gmail.com and we're going to make it such a fun year I genuinely can't wait for 2017 to roll around and for the games to start rolling in so uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, is there anything else, or are we all good? Yeah, oh, we're all good. good. Well, it's the first time for everything. So, if that's the case, then I'm going to say uh, this is the. Well, this is me saying good night. Yeah, and good night. Yeah, and fucking keep rolling those sixes. Keep rolling those sixes for Freddy. Well, that's the case then. This is the Vranjit Heresy podcast signing off. And remember, treat life like 30k, be angry in the streets, be fulgrim in the sheets, and try not to lose your head. We're signing off. Have a good Christmas, everybody, and we'll catch you uh, just before New Year is the hope. Good night. Good night. Let the